0: So let's uh, turn to chapter three. We're going to skip uh, verses nineteen to thirty because this is all about Timothy and Epaphroditus, and I'm trying to I'm trying not to do everything <laughs> or take us forever. So uh, look at Philippians three. Katrina, would you read verses one? Boy, it would be a long passage. Run to six.
1: Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Is this
0: the KJV? No. No, this King is King James. New I see, I'm sorry. I meant new, new King James. Yeah. So this is not the one I that's just to, come out. I tried
1: to bring yeah, I'm I actually got that one out. For some reason I ran out the door without it, so that's why I ran in
0: there and I got this. Paul does a little boasting here. Quite a quite a legacy, huh? And that's what makes his his message so outstanding is that he has this background. And yet he believes in Jesus. And he has cast aside the very insignia of... He hasn't completely cast aside. He still allows Jews to circumcise themselves or, or whatever, and he had Timothy circumcised. But, but in terms of the Gentile community, he has thrown out the very sign of Judaism, the signature of what it means to be a Jew, and that's the circumcision. When he's working with
2: the Gentiles, what's so important that he has that documentation put out there? I mean, what what would it mean to them? They don't have any...
0: That would mean that they, well, in the church, in the churches of Asia and other churches where there were Gentiles, there were uh, a group, and I'm forgetting the term, maybe you can help me, Katrina. Uh, There was a group of people... proselytes who came to church every sabbath but would not become christians because of circumcision Mm -hmm. and paul went after that group and said you don't need to be circumcised and they were just so relieved because that was their stumbling block to becoming christians and of course the judaizers were going around and Proclaiming telling you, telling
1: everyone, you telling have you have to be, to be circumcised. You, you have, have, have to keep to the whole law. A Jew before you can become a Christian. Christian.
2: Yeah. So he's saying, look, even with this background, I'm telling you, you don't have to be. Yeah. And other kind of ceremonies and stuff mm-hmm. in the Jews. And yeah. It wasn't just the circumcision. That was a sort of real physical. <laughs> But yeah. that
1: was the sign of all of it
2: that was the, yeah. that was the main sign yes, yeah.
1: yes, and so that's why it becomes so sacred to the legalistic attitudes was because, well you right. have to have this
0: done yeah. or you are not truly a follower yeah, mm. yeah. so it was just for the Gentile community were attracted to Christ, it was just a huge relief oh, we don't have to be circumcised to become so what happened is that the early Christians would win a lot of women to christ and the men would kind of stand in the shadows and, and be there but not fully christian not be baptized couldn't be baptized according to judaizers unless you became a jew
3: then,
0: oh, go ahead the greeks didn't practice
1: circumcision <clears throat> no in fact some of the jews would have this they there were things they could do to make themselves not look, look like they were circumcised so that they could go and participate in the baths or you know mm-hmm. various things, they didn't want to be identified so openly as Jewish because they were sympathetic towards the Greek lifestyle. Mm. And so there was a social stigma that went with it, because uh, they had a different attitude towards nudity than we do today. So well, like it was nothing for them to all be
3: right? na- was,
1: naked. Men would yeah. be naked at the baths all yeah. the time. They'd do business there. They'd meet daily, and you know it was a completely different attitude. And As a response to that, the Jews would then make sure that they clipped back the foreskin even more severely because they knew that people would you know stretching and doing all these things to make themselves look like they weren't when they got older and so there was a real war over this circumcision yeah. issue
0: yeah, it was ugly, I think very ugly yeah, well, Paul says elsewhere that they were maybe it's in this ju- in this book. I think we already passed it. Uh, he says that they they would spy. I don't know if they did that in the baths or they did that in the restroom. <laughs> yeah. They would spy on the, their freedom, is the way he puts it, wow. to find out if he was circumcised.
1: But he's still circumcised, Timothy. Certainly.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, but he he would do that. They would do that to uh, to Gentile Christians. They would spy on them to see if they were circumcised.
2: So, humans, we need that outward sign.
0: Well, the sign now is baptism. Well, I, I maintain, and I think Paul is reading the Old Testament somewhat similarly to me. I maintain that the original covenant was not, did not have circumcision and that God was not really wanting that. But it was because Abraham didn't trust God and Ishmael was born. That's when God says, okay, you've got to circumcise.
1: They needed to be reminded of it on yeah. his bottom. So yeah. Every time they had sex, he was reminded of the promise. So yeah. they wouldn't forget.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Abraham didn't mm-hmm. believe. I mean, you can, you can trace that whole covenantal process that, where he sh- repeatedly does not have faith that God will come through thankfully, he didn't do that to Sarah, (laughs) Uh, who also didn't believe. Ed, would you read uh, verses 7 to 11, please?
2: 7 through 11? Mm -hmm. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things lost, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable uh, unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the re- resurrection of the dead.
0: If you really understand how the covenant worked, the original covenant was by faith. It was received by faith. That was all that Abraham had to do. But then he, he tries to do it himself. He tries to keep it on his own terms and in his own way and in his own effort.
2: Well, verse 9 is really critical to our thinking.
0: He comes through faith.
2: Instead of his own righteousness, right. which is of the law.
0: Right. So so he tries to do it himself. And so God institutes circumcision to try to remind them of faith. But they're still, at the foot of Sinai, they're still not trusting So God gives the covenant at Sinai in chapter 19 in a very short version. They're supposed to keep it. And it's, it's a covenant of you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They say all that the Lord has said we will do. And they take it on themselves. So God gives the law on Sinai. And that they seem to think that they can take. And they say again when they ratify the covenant, all of the Lord has said we will do. So they, they constantly have this reaction of, we will do it, we will do it, we will do it. And what Paul is saying, no, when God first gave that covenant to, to Abraham, it was just a promise. There were no laws, there were no stipulations. Those stipulations came later, and a lot of that in Deuteronomy, when, when you see the Sinai covenant in Deuteronomy is uh, a means of showing that the Israelite law is just like ancient Near Eastern treaties where you have you have these uh, prologue and then you have the stipulations and then you have the curses. Deuteronomy is patterned after that. Mm. Oh. But the original one was a promise to be received by faith. Period. Right. And that's what Paul's trying to get back to. Mm. <coughs>
2: but so much of our current church, I think, is trying to do it by righteousness, which is of the law. And we got to, you know, sundown 648, boy, you better not be doing, you know, and so forth. And, and I, I don't know if I mentioned before, but uh, on Jewish holidays, for a while I worked for Western Union, I delivered Western, you know, telegrams to doors. If the Jewish family, if it was a, Jewish holiday, and I'd they couldn't open it or read it or anything, but they would have me open it and read it. Oh.
0: Yes, yes, that's standard. Um, you, you can't put anything you in your. You out. can't do anything to your hair. You have to go find or, a gentile to yeah. do your hair what for if you. it Needs to be brushed. Um, like they
1: come out with tatted hair from yeah. rolling out of bed and not.
0: Yeah, touch it. and and get a gentile to brush their hair. Yeah.
2: But see, they couldn't tear paper to open it up, right? And unfold the paper and all. That. It's
0: it's uh, it's it's all those hundreds and hundreds of laws. Someone had OCD, and they came
1: up with all of these.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think the rabbis I think the rabbis did have a lot of fear. After the exile, they just knew they had to safeguard the law. They had to be just rigorous at keeping it, yeah. and and they and they just overdid it, In way overdid
2: nature, it. Yeah, we try to do it our way. So yeah. Paul is saying that, but he's not saying these verses about the original covenant, the original uh, agreement that God gave Abraham. Oh, no, that he's gonna...
0: He doesn't here, but he does in Galatians. Oh, it's, in Galatians okay. it's in Galatians and it's all throughout Romans.
2: Yeah. Romans and Galatians. Yeah, yeah that's
0: but he's he, he really specifically spells it out in Galatians because he talks about the the two covenants you he talks about, and Sarah yeah. and Hagar. Mm. And Sarah is the covenant the of promise, and Hagar is the covenant of Sinai. Okay. Mm.
2: Oh okay.
1: So do you think that Adventists have replaced circumcision with the Sabbath
0: as the sign? Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says the Sabbath is a sign. So uh, I see the sign, the sign very, very differently than Adventists do, the Sabbath as a sign. Because I'm, I look at it in ancient Near Eastern context, that the sign was what the mm-hmm. gods put in livers and other things. Mm-hmm. to indicate their verdicts mm-hmm. that they were handing down toward people. So if a person went to a Baru priest and said, I need to know uh, what the gods are thinking if I do such and such, and the Baru priest would open up the the sheep and look at the innards and say, this is what the verdict is according mm-hmm. to the gods. Um, so that's how sign worked in the ancient Near East. But sign in the Bible is a sign, it's a sign about God. Ezekiel 20 2012 Moreover I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them that they might know that I the Lord sanctify them that I'm the one who does it not you you. it's not you doing it your way so it's actually a sign of faith Hmm. Uh, the same sign that Paul's I mean the same thing that Paul's harping on you know we may have misinterpreted it and misused it and abused it but that doesn't change the fact that originally God yeah, intended and to be was, assigned. What uh, was the verses for that? Uh, Ezekiel 20, uh, 12 and 20. Oh, uh, 12 and
2: 20?
0: Yeah. Ezekiel 20, verse 9. Uh, 20, verse 12. 20, verse 12. And then verse 20. <coughs> and hallow my Sabbath, that they may be assigned between me and you, so that you may know. That I am Yahweh your God. So, is this a relationship sign?
2: Well, I like that concept uh, because more and more that's really what he wants is a relationship with us. Yeah. And if we follow that relationship, if we go the way he's designed things, then we're getting in trouble. Mm hmm. But his focus is on. First,
0: the relationship. Well, in keeping the Sabbath, the first thing you got to do is not do, right? <laughs> <A list. laughs> Instead of saying you can't do this, you can't do that, just right. the first thing we got to do is trust, right. because that is the relationship. So, to me, the way the Sabbath is intended to be is all part of this relationship of trust. Now, the Jews made it, like circumcision, a relationship of taboos. Right. And that is so Babylonian. The Babylonians had... I'm going to put this on the board. These were the evil days that the Babylonians had. Oh.
1: Should I write that down? I guess I don't want to know. (laughs) 7, 14...
0: uh Yeah, the only odd number... In the seven-day scheme is 19. Um, so what I think happened, these were days when you had all these taboos you couldn't do. You couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, you couldn't do the other thing unless you offend the gods. And um, I think that's what colored the Jews thinking, and they came back with this kind of concept, of, and they turned Sabbath into a kind of a taboo day. There's another day that's important too, but it doesn't have to do with our discussion. Um.
2: Well, right, more and more, like reading the Daniel thing, I understand more and more that the Jews, they must not been told without their history and their religions because of Daniel and their training. They just didn't make that up, right? But apparently they took, the Jews when they left, took a lot of Babylonian concepts with them.
0: They did they did in fact, I hold with Margaret Barker who's Ross and Ross Winkle introduced me to her, uh, she believes that the Jews in John are the Babylonian Jews, hmm. they came back from Babylon, and that they infiltrated Judaism with their beliefs, and that the Jews were the ones that crucified Jesus, not. The Israelite community hmm. as a whole. Hmm. That may be going a little too far, but I do think that John in Revelation blames Babylon and the influence of Babylon on the Jews hmm. for the rejection of Jesus. So, yeah, back to your question, Katrina the wrong way of keeping the Sabbath, certainly, we've turned into kind of like circumcision, kind of earning our way. I, I grew up under that cloud in uh, Oregon where it was very legalistic. And I remember spending all day Sabbath worrying that I was breaking it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> like, like, that's keeping Sabbath, you know, <laughs> to worry that I was breaking it. And then I had a conversion experience where I learned that God wasn't that way. And it set me free, so that I remember sitting in a Bible class where the teacher was talking about how how we used to see the Sabbath and we don't see it that way anymore. He was a really good teacher here at PUC, and I realized that the previous Sabbath I had climbed trees with my friends when we went for a picnic, and we we were just and we sang hymns while we were climbing trees, you know. And when my legalistic days, you climb trees on the Sabbath, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the, feeling that warm feeling of I, I'm so free, you know, from that. As I grew, as I grew in my understanding, it became more about, uh, more about God, the joy of, the and, Lord. and the joy of the Lord rather than mm. this or that you shouldn't do.
2: So the concept and then- Is to enjoy the Lord and build the relationship and trust. Is to not do the everyday thing that distracts you from doing that.
0: Well, it's the actual command is not to do any work. Right. It's not. You're not to earn a living on the Sabbath because the Sabbath is to break that economic tyranny uh that's why uh walter Brueggemann has written this wonderful little book called sabbath as resistance and he he points out how in exodus 20 the prologue says i am yahweh your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery therefore this is how you live as free people
1: mm-hmm. you don't have, you got a whole day where you don't have to work
0: yeah and so so sabbath becomes um, sign
1: of freedom
0: yeah the yes. sign of freedom and, and the Sabbath in actually includes the Sabbath commandment actually includes in both uh, versions the, De- the Exodus version and the Deuteronomy version, version. it includes this centerpiece of creation mm. and centerpiece of slaves don't work on Sabbath mm. yeah. and, and Deuteronomy emphasizes that even more instead of giving creation as the reason for keeping Sabbath it gives the Exodus that's the reason for keeping the Sabbath, it's
1: the first work laws to benefit the
0: yes, yes.
2: Well, that's a whole new concept.
0: Yeah, you you might want to get Rugerman's book. is only ninety pages. You can't you can sit down and read it almost in can a day in an afternoon. Somewhere? Can I'm
2: we get the book? Animas it's on Amazon. And so yeah, what's it called again? The
0: Sabbath as Resistance. Okay. I can put Brighamon's name on the board. Um,
2: I remember reading books. I'll try
0: that again. <laughs> I believe it's with two N's. He's a an huh. socio- Old Testament sociology person. Famous. Very, Very famous. Very
1: famous.
0: Yeah. I have my class in biblical ethics read that book. As... Um,
2: well, I don't remember his name is in Sabbath School when I was a little boy. <laughs> oh, you have to wait till you're older, okay?
0: No, it, you have to wait until you're ready to look at other people besides Adventists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some that never comes. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know. Right now, the the rule of. Of the Adventist Church, ruling, I should say, of the Adventist Church is thou shalt not read anything but Adventist works. And then only, only certain people can be Adventists.
1: Well, Ellen White couldn't be an Adventist then.
0: That's for sure.
1: <laughs> she had an enormous library full of books from all kinds of other Christian
0: authors. Well, and more than that, she said things that wouldn't be publishable by Pacific Press if, if we only knew what she said.
2: It was important for him. Or what was going on with the circumcision to really say, even with my big, my history, my background, I'm saying you don't have to do this. Right. And he's trying to move them towards a relationship to the Lord. Right. And that's where your salvation is. Right.
0: I'm going to read verses 12 to 16. Not that I have already obtained this. In other words, a resurrection from the dead. But I press on to make it my or, or that I have reached this goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Again, it's what Jesus does, it's what God does, it is not what we do. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So let those of us who are mature be of the same mind, and if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Now what we have attained is not works, but faith, trust. I don't know that this passage needs comment, but if you have anything, let me say it. It, It's interesting that he uses this language of what we think of as language of works that he has to strive to have faith, that he has to strive. But when you think of our own lives, how easy it is to stop trusting God.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's easier for us to do it ourselves than to trust Him. And our most natural bent is to do it ourselves instead of trusting Him.
1: For me, it's the other way around. I can hardly trust myself. So I have to trust God.
0: Well, that's the, way, that's the way it should be, isn't it? Okay, let's read the rest of this chapter. Um, Katrina, would you read 17 to 21?
1: Brethren, join in following my example, and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself.
0: Notice how he he just turns that whole ideology on its head of works. But our citizenship is in heaven. And it's earthly to try to earn your way. And it's from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. So I would like to suggest that this is the Babylonian model, the model of works. And I've I've been reading a book that goes back to the very early early periods of Mesopotamia and shows how that all began. It began with urbanization. And urbanization Instead of you having villages that were family-oriented, where everybody worked together to grow the crops and to make an existence, uh, and everybody was equally valued in the village, you move to a hierarchical model where everybody had to earn their value. So I, I maintain we need, to, we need to broaden this whole concept of not earning salvation by our works, too. We don't earn our value by our works. That, our whole society is built on uh, you, are, you are what you earn.
2: Well, let me mention that I've been studying recently a city... I don't think the exact location, but it's in the Americas. About 5,000 people live there. The whole city is oriented towards a place of worship. And from the nice buildings to the poorest buildings, everybody had running water in their homes. This whole thing is laid out. Most of the mountains, so they have water that goes from the richest to the poorest. All the homes, even the poor homes, had running water in the homes. And it looks like it was on a trade route. It was a trade center. Yeah. But everybody was treated with more equality with water and toilets and stuff.
0: That's, that's a good start, but what about upgrading their homes?
2: Well, even the homes were two-story high.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I don't um, know,
2: it's like a totally different society than sort of what you see that came out of the Middle East and the Western society of this real strict hierarchy.
0: What is interesting about this urbanization in Mesopotamia, in the village in the villages that pre- pre-existed, and there were still villages that existed with the urbanization, but they were a lesser class.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: With the villages... You had a few gods that you worshipped, but they didn't fix your status at all. There were gods you just went to for help and yeah. and for your needs. But with urbanization, because there was such inequality, in order to keep unrest from breaking out, they fixed an ideology and they had all these gods that were were viewed as having power over and part of the hierarchical model. And that's where the pantheons came from, is this attempt to have a religious ideology that would fix people in their statuses so that they wouldn't complain. Right. It's, it's an amazing uh, story of how that unfolded.
1: It's an ancient form of consumerism then. Yeah. To keep people...
0: Well, they developed a market. Ultimately, they developed a market economy. So it's been very fascinating to me to read how this started because it's exactly how I imagined it starting. Well, I shouldn't say exactly. I didn't get the piece of how the gods were invented to uh, fix people in their lowly statuses.
2: Well, I told you I was studying how they can't find anything about Muhammad until about 70 years after his death that he never was in Jerusalem, he never was in Medina.
0: uh, uh, Medina?
2: Yeah. He never was any of these places. The only thing they can find about seven years after death, the man that took over uh, and consolidated the, the, the movement realized, like the West, he needed to have a God, that he needed to have a single God to control everything, and to, he developed a whole God Muhammad uh, system.
0: Are that's, you serious? That's,
2: that's the only Wait, thing is, this,
0: is there a book on this?
2: Well, no. I, I was watching a program on television. It was really involved about it, and data and everything.
0: So was oh, it PBS on the
2: History Channel? Yeah, it was under them, huh? Oh,
0: and so it was a PBS documentary. So I don't know. The oh, that's or, shattering. Or their background
2: <laughs> or anything, but. They were approaching it from. They weren't like Christians.
0: So this was a, this was a p- documentary on PBS.
2: They were trying to document because there's so many stories about Muhammad did this and this and this. Could and you this
0: could you? I'll um,
2: uh, try to find it again if you want. Uh,
0: yeah, if you could send me a link, I would love that because I I have my students in my engaging scripture class for honors read parts of the Quran as, um, that's shattering to the Islamic world. They
2: they thought that he probably wrote the Quran, Uh but the rest of it, they can't find out. The
0: ideology and all the laws, well, we know that the laws, the Sharia Sharia laws and all of that um, have been invented post-Muhammad and that they are far more rigid than the Quran.
1: Was it called Muhammad Legacy of a Prophet? What
0: what is it called? Which
1: one? Muhammad Legacy of a Prophet? Mm, Was it recent? This is from 2002. On PBS documentary film on the life of the Islamic prophet Muhammad based on historical records and the stories of living American Muslims who called Muhammad the messenger
0: of God. It doesn't sound
2: like the same. It doesn't sound like it, but I'll have to look it up. I'll spend some time trying to find that and send you the, the link.
0: I would, I would really appreciate that.
2: Because it was just a totally different concept. Because I told you i have been studying about Anatola the strudel that brought all the tribes together, his son started the Ottoman Empire, and, I mean, cons and stuff, <laughs> he really into this stuff, so I saw this thing, and I thought, wow, they're going to have documents about where he was born, and um, all that stuff. Couldn't find anything.
1: There's another one called Empire Faith Profiles Mohammed on PBS. So there's another one, too.
2: So you could start looking at them, see if they're they're the ones. But I'll I'll look see what I can find it again.
0: Yeah, I'd appreciate that.
1: But there are people that deny Jesus, I and mean, there's yeah. people that deny the Holocaust ever happened. Well, yeah. So
0: yeah. We, have to be we have to be careful. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but I think that I think we've long known that uh, the Sharia law and all the things that have happened under the name of Islam. Hmm have not been muhammad right. that was that was what was a revelation to me when i sat down and actually read the quran mm. it was it was like wait <laughs> this isn't what i thought
2: well is it the quran have they taken a lot from the
0: bible the quran parallels the bible but it's very distorted picture of the bible yeah. anyway we uh need to close okay. uh, any closing statement we can make for this I'm going to see what the footnote is for citizenship or commonwealth. But our citizenship or commonwealth is in heaven. Can you please explain to me, Katrina, what commonwealth is?
1: Oh, it's the, uh, it's the unity of countries together under the sovereign.
0: Okay. Yeah, so, what? so our commonwealth means that our being together as Christians, all, and even Jews, our commonwealth is in heaven not in this earth and so therefore we should not be earthly in our viewpoint but we should be diverse heavenly
1: countries yeah under the sovereign yeah and the the, the sharing uh, yeah
0: oh
2: yeah there are a lot of diverse countries and concepts and yes, culture yeah.
1: yeah it was queen elizabeth the second that really saved the commonwealth because of her care the care that she showed and what, going to yeah. visit them all and yeah. the interest she's taken and even the poorest of nations
0: mm. I think the context of this is the end is their destruction their God is the belly their glory is in, our, is a, in their shame their minds are set on earthly things but our citizenship or our commonwealth is in heaven mm.
1: yeah the wealth we have is in common.
0: yeah and that's the way the early Christian church lived but don't say that too loud hmm <laughs> right um
2: well I wanted to come to your class because I wasn't teaching but I was so wanting to go to class at church there but I thought I can't because I'll just be too upset the way it's going to be presented yeah today's lessons
0: Let's have prayer and we'll head for church. Dear God, we thank you that everything comes from you. That our value and our meaning and our relationship with you is all uh, because you created us. You created us and that's what makes us and everyone else valuable. We pray that we might not, act as though everything belongs to this world, but that we might set our eyes on you and trust in you and let you uh, create in us the love that you have for every human being. Thank you for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.